I'll have to pardon the timbre of my voice today. I have one word to explain it. Preschool. Past few weeks uh, in the Wednesday Bible study, we've been watching the movie from 1986 entitled The Mission. It's a movie that stars Robert De Niro and Jeremy Irons. I recommend you watch it again if you haven't seen it in a while. It is based in the middle of the 18th century, somewhere down along the borders between Paraguay and Argentina. And it is about a Jesuit missionary group who uh, are based in Asuncion. And the movie opens with this sort of magnificent and also heartrending scene of a Jesuit missionary who has gone up into the high jungles up above the falls. And the native tribespeople, the Guarani community that lives up there, crucify him and put him alive, tied to a cross with a crown of thorns in the river where he floats to his death. One of the next scenes is Father Gabriel, who's played by Jeremy Irons, who is the Jesuit who gave orders for one of his brethren to ascend the falls to try to bring the gospel to this wild tribe living in the rainforest. And Father Gabriel and some of his companions are at the base of the falls and they have buried their brother. Father Gabriel decides that he now too is going to ascend the falls to reach out to this tribe living in the rainforest. His brothers would have him not do that. Perhaps one of them can go instead. They don't want to lose him. They've already lost one, perhaps more. And the movie kind of glosses over this fact, but really Father Gabriel had many choices. He could have appealed to the soldiers based in Portugal, uh, in Asuncion rather, the Portuguese soldiers there, or maybe some of the Spanish conquistadores, to go and take care of this tribe like they took care of one of his brothers. He could have stayed in Asuncion and done nothing. He could have shown up with an army at his back. But instead, he chooses to ascend the falls unaided and alone. And his brothers watch him make the dangerous climb. If you've been around the church the past several weeks, you will have realized that we have just made our way through the heart of Jesus' teachings. Encapsulated in the Gospel of Matthew in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And today we come to the climax of this body of teaching. And if you reflect at all on it, you realize that we've been in school, an ancient school. There were schools all over the place in Jesus' world, right? You've heard of some of them in the Greco-Roman world, the Stoics, the Epicureans. In the Jewish context, there were the Pharisees and the scribes. 
We know from the Dead Sea Scrolls there was a rather reclusive group called the Essenes. And then there's this school around Jesus, this body of disciples with their teacher, being instructed in how to live in this world. Now, like most schools, the early Christian community picked this up. And in fact, you wouldn't even be allowed in the door of the church if we followed their ways until you had studied this passage and many others very carefully prior to your baptism. Once worship became public, as it is now, later into the medieval period, this body of teaching became kind of a rule, if you will, that was primarily reserved for clergy and monastics. Because it was considered hard enough that really the laity were not ready. We don't believe that anymore, but just putting you out there for the history a little bit. You are in school. This parish is a school. Jesus is the teacher. Are you listening? Are you listening? Because the heart of today's gospel is fundamentally subversive. Not just a little bit. Not just about playing nice. We're all good at doing that. We live in Southern Marin for heaven's sake. But subversive. Subversive. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. It's not just playing doormat. A number of scholars think that in the ancient world, it was commonplace that you struck with your left hand and you blessed with your right. So that to strike someone on the cheek, you would use your left hand, normally backhanded. Don't try this at home, right? But if the person turned the other cheek towards you, you would have no choice but to use your right hand. And what do you do with your right hand? You bless. You bless. Think of how radically subversive that is to somebody who is in a violent mood towards you. Or going the extra mile, as has come into our lexicon, when this is quite likely a reference to the prerogative of any constricted soldier to pull any villager aside and enlist them to carry their armor a mile. So if a soldier comes along today and says, carry my armor to Corte Madera, and you carry it to San Rafael, what do you think the soldier is going to feel like? Somebody's being taken for a ride. Subversive, yeah? Subversive. Or what if you sue somebody for $10,000, and not only do they settle out of court and give you the $10,000, they, they give you their Lamborghini as well. Then you're responsible for taxes. <laughs> Subversive. Subversive. This is the school that Jesus has us learning in. We are called to be subversive. 
Because our world is very similar to Jesus' world in that our world is built on structures of violence and power and domination. And if you think I'm making that up, look closely and see. It doesn't matter whether it's verbal violence or physical violence. We are living in a world where there's a constant struggle to be on top, to be dominant. Now, as Jesus students, we have choices, right? We could stay out of that world. Be like the Essenes were in Jesus' name. Go found our own little community. Thank you very much. Keep to ourselves. We could have taken a choice that Father Gabriel could have taken. We could have stayed in Asuncion. Done nothing. We're fine and happy in our little mission here. Let the tribe at the top of the falls do what they're going to do. We won't send anybody up there again. No, Jesus calls us to be subversive. And one of the fundamental ingredients of being subversive is being engaged. You have to show up. And the school of subversiveness is not just here within these walls, but it's actually training for what we do out there the other six days of the week, in the workplace, at home, at our jobs, with our neighbors, with our friends. And yes, Jesus says, even with your enemies. Because the whole goal of being subversive is not to play by the rules that the world plays by, but to usher in a new world, a world that is based on love. And when someone strikes you and you invite their blessing, you are subverting the whole system of violence. When you carry the soldier's armor the extra mile, you might have made a friend, or you might have totally bewildered an enemy. But either way, you have subverted the power structures that everybody assumes are a given. And if you give to those who ask of you, allow those who wish to borrow from you to borrow. Even give to those who want something from you and give them even more than they expect. You have changed the relationship fundamentally. The system of power and domination no longer holds. This is your school. Are you willing to take that teaching forward? Now, Father Gabriel gets to the top of the falls having already put his life very much in peril. And he is standing in the rainforest, looking absolutely petrified, terrified even, because he might be next on the list to be tossed in the river to die. And it doesn't take long for this little community of Gorani to figure out that he's there, and they show up with their bows and arrows, but he doesn't confront them with weapons of war. Instead, he sits down, he breaks out his oboe, 
and he begins to play. They are caught completely off guard by this act, captivated almost by the music that comes forth from his instrument. One of the old grumpy chieftains comes by and says, I'm not buying this for a minute. Grabs the oboe out of his hands, breaks it, chucks it in the creek nearby. But the other tribesmen want to hear more. So one of them comes and picks up the oboe out of the creek and hands it back to him. He puts it back together and continues to play. And they are sold. They draw him into their community. And so the mission of San Carlos is founded. The cardinal who narrates the story writes back to the Pope in Rome. He says, So, Your Holiness, had the Jesuits brought an entire symphony orchestra, they probably would have subdued the entire continent. And that is the subversion of the gospel, is it not? To confront even our mortal enemies, not with weapons of war, but with love, subversive engagement, and then to watch as the kingdom of God begins to unfold. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G We wish you God's peace and we hope to greet you in person very soon.